0: You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God as you're seated. Open your Bible once again at Luke chapter 18. We have been talking about keeping your faith alive. Jesus said in Luke 18 verse 8, he says, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Will he really find faith on the earth? That's an astounding statement from Jesus. I mean, we understand that when he came to the earth, he came for a purpose. And he said it very clearly, this, for this purpose the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which is lost. The reason he came was to destroy the work of Satan. The reason he came was so that he could die on a cross and give his blood that would forever forgive us of all of our sin, cleanse us of all unrighteousness, making us the very righteousness of God, that man, whoever calls on the name of the Lord, will be saved, and that we can live for eternity with our Father. And in living that eternity, it begins the day you give your life to Jesus, not one day when you get to heaven. It begins the moment you're saved. Say that I am already living In my eternity, in my eternal life with my Father. And so because you've already stepped into eternal life, God wants you to enjoy that life now the same way you will in heaven one day. That's why Jesus prayed, let it be done on earth as it is in heaven. And as it is with him, so it is with you now in this time. So he wants you to enjoy his life. I came that you may have life and have that life abundantly. So, of course, in living that life, he teaches us the way of the kingdom. He shows us who the Father is, he introduces us to the person of the Holy Spirit. And we learn how to speak the language of the Spirit. We learn how to pray and, and trust him for things. He teaches us what love is and who love is and how we can love. Our concepts of forgiveness is so much to the kingdom of God. And he's sharing it all through revelation. And out of everything that he teaches, everything that he manifests and demonstrated while on the earth, we can live in as well. And out of everything that he ever spoke about and everything he ever taught about, the one thing that he had on his mind is when he comes back, will he find faith? Not will he find You know, the meetings, will he find people singing? Will he find people? No. Will he find faith? faith? Not even will he find prayer? Because prayer is birthed out of faith. Will he find love? Love is birthed out of faith. The very power of faith is love. If you're walking in faith, it is the most important thing. Now you can understand why the enemy would want to discredit faith. And almost mock you for being a faith person. Are you that word of faith people? Myra's sounding answer to that is yes and amen. Because you're not talking about a denomination or a camp or a group of people. You're talking about even what Paul said. This is the word which we preach. The word of faith. How do you believe in the word of faith? Someone says, I don't agree with the word of faith. Which word do you agree with? The word of what? The word of what? Because uh, if someone well, the word of God. Well, the Bible says without faith, Hebrews 11 verse 6, without faith it is impossible to please God. That's how important it is to God. Faith is the very concept of knowing God is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so it's vitally vitally important that we have this faith within ourselves. And that's why he said in James chapter 2 verse 17, that faith, by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Faith without works is dead. Say that. So you understand that faith has a corresponding action. Say that. Faith has a corresponding action. Hebrews 10:38, "The just shall." It's your very existence. The only way we should live is by faith. Well, if I can rephrase that, if someone is not living by faith, they're not actually living. I know their body's working (laughs) and they're aware of it, but they're dead in their faith with Jesus. No, faith has a corresponding action and we're going to live by faith. It's the very nature of who we are. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by. How does faith come? So that's why it's so important. We're having a look at the various aspects. How do you keep faith alive? If Jesus is saying he wants to see faith when he comes back and that faith can die, how do I keep that faith alive? So number one, we found out is by attending church services regularly. When the building's open, I want to be there. Got one amen on the front row. Amen. I said, when the building's open, we want to be there. Amen. And the word is very, very clear on the issue. He told us that uh, we do not neglect the gathering of the saints. Hebrews 10, There's not. This is not a time to pull away and neglect meeting together. I know there are people that say, you know, it's not really important whether you go to a meeting or not, as long as I'm serving Jesus. Well, God doesn't seem to think so. God believes it's important to meet together. It says very clearly, let us not forsake the assembling together. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together, as some have formed the habit of doing, because we need each other. In fact, we should come together even more frequently eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate the day dawning. So it's important we come together to meet together. Why? Because we have to have faith fed to us. That's God. He's very clear on the issue. The Bible tells us when it says, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, you rewind just a few verses and he says, how will you believe if you've not heard And how will you hear without a preacher? How will you hear without a preacher? So Paul is saying, you can hear, you can go by. You know, if someone's alone on an island and they find a a, a Bible lying on the... They could pick up the Bible and eventually get to the Scripture and give their lives to the Lord. They will live a nominal life knowing they're going to heaven. But there's a prophetic word that God puts... A pastor in your life for God's very words, very clear. God has given some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers for the equipping of the saints. So you do need an apostle in your life. You do need a prophet. You do need a pastor. God thinks so. I said, God thinks so. So I know people have opinions, but you know, when it comes to the word, all opinions cease. You line opinion up with the Word of God, and I renew my mind. If God thinks I need a pastor, then I will submit to my pastor. Amen. Even if someone thinks they they you know in the in the secular world they're running big companies and multiple companies and multi-millionaires and controlling and you know organizing board meetings and being in authority, you still need a prophet in your life. Still need a man of God. And that's what. Saul had to find out. He thought he didn't need the prophet and he lost the kingdom. But David always submitted to his man of God. When you talk about David, you know exactly. I mean, he's like a man of faith and great in authority. But really, he had a prophet in his life, Samuel. Isn't that right? So even though we see him as the shining example of faith, he still submitted to a man of God. It's very important to see that. So you come... To hear the word of God. And so number two, listen to the word of God with intent. Remember Proverbs 4.20, give attention to the word. And that took us to number three, meditate the word of God every day. Remember Joshua, God gave him very clear instructions. Verse eight, the book of the Lord, don't let it depart from your mouth, meditate in it. Day and night and observe to do, put into action what you hear. According to what is written in it, then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Now in that teaching, while he was talking about meditating the word of God, God's preparing Joshua for the greatest battle of his life, going into a land that is inhabited by giants and by great and massive fortified cities. And he says, you have the word of God. I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. I spoke to Moses, that which I said to Moses, I will do in your life. In other words, whatever God has spoken in the word is yours. Say that. If God has spoken a promise, it is mine. But God knows whatever he has given as a promise, there's also an enemy doing everything he can to try and stop it. When he told Joshua, it's your turn to go in, he's not saying, don't worry, the last guy's had a problem, but while you were away for 40 years, I sorted the giants out. How you know God could have done that? He could have sorted them all out, took 40 years to get them back, now you just go in and enjoy. No, he knows you're going to go in, but there's going to be an enemy that's want to stop what I've given you, but I want you to know I'm with you. I want you to know, no matter what you go through, my, just because you come up against an enemy family, just because something looks like it's trying to stop what God has given you, does not mean God has given up on you. I Really, that just rose in my heart. I know where we're going today and I'm going to take you there, but this just suddenly, I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to some people here today. It is so easy that when something happens then God but you said, yes He did. Why, Why are we saying but you said, how, But how come? but I don't understand. I've done that's exactly what we're talking about here. Yes, God has spoken. you I've given you the land. but you're going to have to be of good courage. You have to be of courage, say that. That's number four. Be courageous. Be of good courage. Joshua 1.5. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Verse 7. Only be strong. And? 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 Only be strong and? This is not even be, be of good courage. This is be very courageous. Why? Because you're going to have to face an enemy. Stare it down and say, I killed a lion, I killed a bear. Your head's coming off today. We don't buckle under adverse circumstances. Say amen. Amen. So we understand there is a fight. That's why Paul told Timothy, 1 Timothy 6 verse 12, fight thee, fight thee, good fight of faith. It is a fight. And I know when it's happening, it doesn't feel comfortable. But we need to renew our minds. It is a good fight. Uh, Why is it a good fight? I've already won it. I may be going through it right now, but I'm looking at it. I am... Standing here already victorious. I know I don't feel it. I know my bank account doesn't look like it. I know my body's rebelling. I know everything's happening contrary to what God said. But I do know this: I already have the victory. Everybody, say, "Fight the good fight of faith." Now we began having a look at this last week, where we spoke about the faith, the faith fight that we have. It is a the biggest fight is not whether you even believe the Bible or not. I know in the beginning it's it's kind of hard when things start to go wrong. You wonder, have I picked the right team? Come on, have you know what I'm talking about? Am I reading the right book? Because there's so many other religions out there. But once you've had an encounter with God and you understand that the Word of God is His Word, the fight is no longer whether there is a God or not. If I asked everybody, "Have you believe God is?" Can I see your hand? There we go. Every hand went up. How many believe his word, the Bible is his word given to you? Can I see your hand? How many believe the word of God is true under every circumstance? How many believe that with God all things are possible? That that Anything you need, God can do it. See, that's not the issue. Not whether you believe or not. What happens at the midnight when everything seems to be going wrong and it seems like this is over and it's finished and and you've been through everything? Where's the battle happening? It's not whether you think it's done or not. It's in the mind. That's where Satan hits you. It's not even your body. I don't even care whether my body's hurting or not. The battle's in the mind. I don't care what's happening. in I've got to the place. I don't care. I'll stand in front of a firing squad and they say, if you just say the name of Jesus, we pull the trigger. Jesus. Because I know where I'm going. I'm not afraid of death. I said I'm not afraid of death. And whether it is that or circumstances or sickness or disease, whatever it is, I want to fulfill. Don't get me wrong. I want to live out my full time in the planet because I have an assignment. I'm staying to finish my assignment. There's too many people dependent that God needs to still reach. But I'm not afraid. I don't think my faith failed me if something happens and I need to leave. Are you getting what I'm saying? You have to get to that place because it's almost when you're in that total resignation, that's when the battle has been won in the mind and that's when faith really takes over and now can do what it needs to do. The fact that I don't care if I lose everything in my life, everything, tomorrow everything's gone, everything, just like Job, his entire life wiped out. I don't care if I lost everything because I know it'll take 24 hours and we'll begin moving right back to where we were before. See, it's because I'm willing to lose everything that I never will. See, it almost sounds like a weird contradiction, but that's where you got to be. If, if someone's still buckling and still crying because, yeah, but what if and where's God? And, and, and what if it doesn't work? See, now that's a demonstration. I am not truly at a place of totally resigned to faith. Amen. I need to keep renewing my mind. Keep renewing. That's the fight. That's where the fight happens. Fight's happening in the mind. That's why I said in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal and not in the flesh, but they are mighty in God for pulling down Strongholds casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. What do we mean by taking every thought into captivity? It means even thoughts that are left on their own eventually go to seed. Because what you meditate on, you will eventually say. And once you've said it, that is a spoken seed that germinates and begins to produce a tree in your life. And that tree has fruit. And the fruit is the result of the initial thought. So even when a thought comes in my mind, I think, ah, oh, I shouldn't be thinking that I'm, I'm a Christian. No, I'll take it captive. Because I recognize my warfare is not carnal. It is an enemy. There's an enemy of my soul that's trying to steal my faith. And it begins with a thought. And I need to take that thought captive. I said, no, that does not even belong in my thought life. I refuse to think that. I bind that in Jesus' name. And then you speak the counteractive with the word of God. You declare what the word has to say on the issue. And once you've spoken the word on the issue, don't worry about what's going on in your head. People get nervous because, oh, man, I, uh, you know, I wish I never thought these thoughts. No, just take them captive and speak the word of God. I have been through situations where it feels, actually feels like you wonder if there's really a God. Am, am I being faker? Am I being a hypocrite? Am I, you know, am I just trying to believe? And that thought may be presiding, but all I need to do is just raise my hand and say, Father, I believe you are. And your mind's going, no, you don't. Ah, thank you, Father, you are God. Who talks to the space? Who speaks to, you know, just a non-existent person? I don't speak to fairies and to, you know, no. I'm speaking to a living God who is, and God, I don't care. You know, I'm bypassing my mind right now. I just want you to know I believe you are God and that word is your word and nothing else. I will always, I will fight that word till the day I leave this planet. I'm fighting for that word, fighting with the word of God against the enemy and I understand that and I keep praising I want you to know that what you're hearing out my mouth take that don't worry about what's in my head take what's in my mouth and you just keep speaking God will take that that's what he registers because you're willing to speak that you don't have to feel like you always oh God I mean you know that you don't always have that feeling too many people are relying on their feeling. That carnal, that carne, it's flesh. That's the original word. That if you flesh motivated, that the enemy will try to keep you in the flesh because he knows our flesh is fickle. But you speak the word. Just just speak it. Just speak it. Just speak it. Yeah, but my mind's doubting. Doesn't matter. Speak. Just say the word. Say that my battle is not my flesh. Battles in my mind and I conquer it using words. So you fight the fight of faith, not people. I'm just letting that hang there. I said our fight is faith, not people. Yes, but Pastor Allen, they should know better. Uh Uh-huh, so should you. (laughs) Say amen. Amen. Or ouch, there's only two two responses. Our fight is not flesh. I know people should know better. But there are times when things have happened in my life that I should have known better. Amen. Amen. So yes, we help people, we mentor people. But remember, Satan is the one who uses people. And if he can ever get us sidetracked to stop looking at him but focused on people, oh man, that is a floodgate he will open. If he finds people niggle you, he will make sure he gets every person that exists in your your uncle, auntie, granny, grandpa, neighbor, colleague, anybody, just, just say, he knows your trigger points. If you let one in, that's why when people come and say, I don't know why so many people are against me, this one's against me, who's in the room every time? And all those arguments, who's in the room every time? <laughs> so what's the enemy doing? He's not using the person. He's using your opinion of that person. I had a discussion with a young man the other day, I was busy flying somewhere wind. Just buying a cup of coffee, and he, as he walked up, says, "Hi, how are you doing today?" I said, "I'm always well." He, he stopped, he like "What?" I said, "I'm always well." He says, "I've never heard anybody say that." I said, "Well, that's the way it is." He says, "How can you say this?" I said, "Well, Jesus is my Lord," and he says, "I'm well." So I make a decision, and he says, "Doesn't don't people sometimes you know get on your nerves and that?" I said. I choose not to allow that to happen. Now, do they? My answer to that would be yes. And, you know, people are people. Things can happen. But I make a choice. You cannot offend me. You offended me. No. No. I may have said something stupid. I may have said something that's wrong. Morally incorrect. But the offense came from within you. Now, I'm not just saying you, I'm saying me too. You come call me a name, it may be wrong and bad, and maybe you shouldn't have said it, but I choose whether I get offended on it or not. But then you don't know where we're from, you don't know what we've gone through. All, we've all got a history. I'm not diminishing yours, I'm saying we all have reasons. Everybody has a reason to get angry. But whether we do or don't is still your choice. How many of you would prefer never to be offended? Let me see. How many of you prefer not offend? Only five. I thought I'd have more. There we go. Let the Lord know. Tell him, yeah, I, don't, I refuse to be offended. Okay. So that's your choice now. You prefer not to be So then just do it. Just make a decision. Then I refuse to be offended. See, you're always going to have stupid people. You're never going to get rid of prejudice. You can legislate it. You can threaten to lock people away for it. But you still won't eradicate it. You can't change. uh, uh, that, That vicious dog still wants to bite you, even if you put a muzzle on it. It'll still look at you with those eyes and it's still want to bite, but you're not allowed to bite. That muzzle ever drops off, he'll bite you. So how do you change the dog? You've got to change its heart. The only way to change somebody is by getting them born again, getting them saved. And when you lead people to Jesus, that removes the prejudice. Are you getting this? That's where the transformation takes place. So in the meantime, my obligation is to understand. Someone says something stupid to me, well, you obviously need Jesus. I'm not offended by it because you're under the sway of the enemy. See, my warfare is not you. It's the demon that's controlling somebody. That's where the battle takes place. If you get a hold of that, remember Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Is that there? Is that in your Bible? Say this. The word says. Do not wrestle against flesh and blood. I make a quality decision. Today. To no longer fight with people. It's clear. What's your wrestling? Against Principalities against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you will be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Family of God, in this fight of faith, one of the most critical things that I want you to hear in coming to church, hearing the word of God, Receiving that faith, acting on that word, taking thoughts captive, recognizing you're fighting a fight of faith. It's going to take courage. But having done all of that, your most important point right now is to stand. Amen. To stand. To stand. Verse 14. And therefore, Paul is giving us an important point here. Because what's happening is once you make a decision to love for Jesus, the enemy must do everything in his power to discredit that word. And the bombardments begin to happen. Anyone had that happen in their life? You choose to stand on a scripture, if it's not 20 people that day that come and try and contradict what just, you've confessed. That's not an accident. You make a decision. I am standing. No matter what happens in my life. Oh, but Pastor Allen, you don't understand. Understand. (laughs) Stand. I understand. Stand. 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 That was so difficult. Hang on. Stand. How? Having girded your waist with truth. Are you, what you're saying, is it based in the word of God? Yes. Then no one should be able to talk you out of it. People have tried, they've come with documents, they've come with CDs and videos, try to talk me out of what we teach here. I'm not teaching you based on an opinion. I'm not teaching you just because my pastor taught it. I don't believe anything just because Pastor Theo said it. I want to see it in the Word of God. I say that with respect because he taught me to do that. I'm not disrespecting him. If, an, if, 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 <laughs> If a bean stood before me, glowing, I am from the Most High God, and he starts to speak, wow, an angel, okay, well, let's hear what he's got to say. If he ever steps off Scripture, I rebuke you, you foul devil, get out of here. And I don't care even if he stands and saying, I am Jesus. You, <laughs> Jesus wouldn't say anything violates his word. No, I just I, I saw something the other day where somebody was, he's proclaiming to be Jesus Christ, and you know, and try and explain to the person. And, and so the person challenged him on a few issues. The next moment, this person's swearing. Just, you know, like beep, 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 and beep, 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 beep. You're like, yeah, right. That would, uh, that, you call yourself Jesus. I mean, he wouldn't talk like that. You get the truth. That's your belt. That's what keeps you together. What does the word of God say? Once you have the word on the issue, it's easy to stand. People criticize, they, they come and they mock and they, they try and challenge you and persecute you. Hey, go talk to the author. I'm standing in what the word has said. Whatever you want to challenge me on, I will give you three, four, five, if not many more scriptures. Haven't you found that out just being here long enough? That's, how we, that's why we need to know the word. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. That's not your own action. That's a gift from God. He sent his word. He became sin that you might be made the righteousness of God. And if you've just committed a sin, that's where the enemy tries to poke you. Oh, now, how can you talk to Jesus? Look what you just did. And need to just say, just hold on a moment. Father, I confess, I sinned. And there the devil's right. I have sinned. I repent. And I receive your forgiveness. What, do you, what happens there? One John, one night. You are forgiven and cleansed of all unrighteous. All right, now I'm back as righteous. Now. And you'll look, the devil's run now. Because now you're standing in the righteousness of God. You have every right to speak the word of God. Having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That's that rest. Entering into a rest, that total peace of God. I have the word on the issue. I've been made the righteousness of God. I have every right to stand here as a son of God calling this word. And I'm a total rest. Take on the helmet of salvation. What does the helmet do? Protects the head. What's inside the head? The mind. You have to know that you're born again. Qualify it. I'm a son of God. I'm, I'm born again. And I have every right to stand in this word. Therefore, any thought that comes against me, I take it captive. And notice he says yeah. And taking the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Which is the Word of God. Amen? Well, let's read verse 14. Stand therefore, having girded your weights with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation gospel of peace, verse 16, above all, that's what I must, underline there, above all. Above all, everybody say above all, above all, all, take the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench all, how many? All All the fiery darts of the wicked ones. Now notice, quench the fiery darts, that means they are shot. They've already been shot, but your shield of faith is what takes it. Now a fiery dart, for those that do not aware of it, it would be like an arrow that they've dipped into tar and then they light it and they shoot it so that when the arrow hits the target, it keeps burning so you can burn things down or whatever. So you understand that shield has got a layer on it that as that arrow hits, it's, it's on the shield. You may even feel the heat of it, but it's not hurting you. Because the shield is protecting you against it. No matter what the enemy shoots at you, you keep that shield of faith up. And that faith is the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. And the spirit of faith is having believed I speak. You make sure that you keep that word in front of you. No matter what comes your way, no matter what the enemy shoots, you say what the word says. You respond with the word. You keep that shield of faith in place all the time. And then you take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Verse 18, praying always with prayer and supplication. How? In the Spirit. In the Spirit. And that leads us to number seven, is in that praying, having stood, having done all to stand, now you're standing. And having stood in what God has given you, you've spoken the Word of God, It's like someone came and said when they they had an issue and they said Pastor, I've got this situation. I said, Well, what does the Word of God say? Yeah, the Word says this. Well, what have you done with it? Well, I've spoken it, and have you put it into action? I put it into action, and I've done it. And and you can get, and I'm I'm asking questions like a doctor. You know, when you go, you got a problem. They don't say, Oh, you got cancer. No, they they ask, Are you getting headaches? Are you getting this? or you getting? Isn't that right? You you analyze. You nail it down to something. So I'm asking questions. And I could see the frustration building in them. They said, Pastor Alan, I've done everything. Good. Now having done all, stand. If you've done all, then there's the stand aspect. You make that decision to stand. Now that's you've, you've done the helmet of salvation, you've got the belt of truth, you've got the breastplate of righteousness, you, you're resting in peace. Now you've done all, you're praying in the spirit. Now, what must you do? How do you stand in praise and thanksgiving? Now you click over. If you've done, if you've renewed your mind, you know what the scripture says, you've spoken the word. Now, what you do is you move into praise and thanksgiving. Now you move into Praise and thanksgiving. <laughs> Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Be anxious for? For? How much must you worry about? Bump your name and say, no worries yet. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus Psalm chapter 8 verse 2 says out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants you have ordained strength because of your enemies why that you may that you may silence the enemy now, when it says that you've ordained strength, that word strength is the same Hebrew word for praise. You've ordained praise to silence the enemy. You've ordained praise to silence the enemy. Say this, God has ordained praise to silence the enemy. So as long as we're listening to our head, the enemy is going to use that against us. The way you silence that is by lifting your hands. It's no longer, you've quoted every scripture you know. You've stood on the word. You've spoken the word. You've declared the situation. Now the enemy is still trying to tell you it hasn't worked. That's when you lift up your hands and you just begin to praise him. Father, I praise you. I worship you. I thank you. You are God. You're king. Your word is yes and amen. I believe your word is working. I thank you for it. I give you praise. You're going to die tomorrow. Praise God. I will not die but live and declare the word of God. There's no weapon formed against me shall prosper. God is my God and I am healed. What's that pain in your side? Praise God. Jesus bore every pain. He removed it all from me on the cross. He took it and he died with it. And that pain's taken from me. I believe I've been healed. Soon enough the enemy is going to find out every time he speaks to you, praise God, hallelujah, I give the Lord praise, I worship you Jesus. He doesn't like God being praised and every time he bumps you, you start praising, he'll back off. Come on, give Jesus praise today. In conclusion, 1 John chapter 5 verse 14. This is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, what is his will? The word of God. If you ask anything according to the word of God, you know God hears you. I wonder if God hears my prayer. Have you prayed the word? Yes, he heard you. And if we know he hears us. Whatever we ask, whatever we ask, we know we have the petitions that we've asked of him. Family of God, I believe over these last few weeks, we have established that we will not allow our faith to die. We're going to keep faith alive. Amen? We are entering into a very, very challenging year. But I also know what the Lord has said. I I got the message for New Year's Eve like a month ago, two months ago. So you're going to start getting splash over. But get ready for New Year. Because I'm telling you, the most amazing things are about to take place. You're going to see huge battles won. But you know there's going to be a fight. Amen. And I want to make sure that we are prepared. That your faith is strong. That when, when Jesus said to Peter, you're going to denounce me? You're going to drop me? He said, no, never happen. He said, it's going to happen. But I'll pray your faith not fail you. You're going to face challenges. You may even deny me before man. But as long as your faith doesn't fail, you'll come back. You'll come right back. And that's where we need to be, where your faith stays alive. And now you have the process, and it's that simple. It really is that simple. Not always easy to do, but it's simple. Just make sure you're in church regularly to keep feeding that faith. And so you take that word, believe that word, declare that word, celebrate that word. Take everything captive that's contrary to that word. Reject it. Speak the word. Stand and just lift your hands and praise him and praise him and keep praising, keep praising, keep praising. How long do I praise for Pastor Allen? Until you see complete manifestation of the victory and then you still praise him more. Come on, stand your feet and give him Praise. That wasn't bad for someone who just scored a try or a goal, I say, let's give him praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Amen. Lift your hand. and say, today I've heard the word of God. That word brought faith to my heart. And I am a believer, not a doubter. As the hearer of God's word, I'm also a doer. From this day on, I choose God. I choose His Word. I believe His Word. If He said it, I receive it. I believe it. And that's what comes out of my mouth. No matter what comes my way, no matter what circumstances try to contradict God's Word, His Word is the only thing that will come off my mouth. I speak His Word. I declare His Word. I celebrate His Word. And having done all, I stand. No matter what people do, no matter what is said, I reject every thought contrary to God's word. And I celebrate the word of God. And I declare the word of God. And I praise God. I praise Him. I praise Him. I praise Him. When things seem to be going wrong, I praise Him. When I've been hurting, I praise Him. When it looks like I've lost everything, I praise Him. I keep praising God. And in praising Him, I have the victory. And God's Word goes to work. Everything He promised is my yes and amen. And I keep praising in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah.